It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us in the chat. Kevin Moonlick, Trust Divine Mercy, 11. How are you? Project Blue Book, nice to see you. As uh, we continue on here, scrolling on down, video game player, nice to have you back. And um, who else we got? Rich Hilke's here, everyone. Rich Hilke. All right. Where are we here? I get so excited sometimes. Downshift. What's on the down low? Uncle Dale and his power stash are here. Remember, it's now October where we have the run to, Hall to Halloween. If you see Uncle Dale in Austin, Texas, rub his power stash for the next 27 days of good luck. 27 days. Virgil, how you doing? Bialzebrad, nice to see you. And where are we here? Whit Helton, nice to have you back. And King Anthony, how are you? And uh, Low Pro, nice to have you here, my friend. We got 20 seconds. Can I finish? That's the big question right now. Gorgeous Marie, Spaghetti Lee, good to see you. And I'm running out of time, and we made it. Whew. Alan Thomas is our guest tonight, everyone. Let's get ready to rock and roll. Get your horns up. It's time to kick off the week. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. How you doing out there? All of our archives are free by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and on Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website, 
Our good friend Alan Thomas is back tonight. We had him here a couple of months ago. Now, normally I usually like to take five, six, eight months before I bring a guest back, but I was just so impressed with Alan's storytelling and the fun that we had on the air, the reaction from our audience in the chat rooms and online that I said, screw it, we got to bring him back early. We definitely do, so that's what we're doing. Now, Alan is a Sasquatch investigator out of the beautiful state of California, but He's also had some paranormal experiences and is really into the UFO. So we're going to run the gamut with Big Bad Alan tonight, and we bring him on in. Alan, how you doing, brother? Good to see you on Spaced Out Radio once again. I got you on mute. That's my fault. That's my fault, uh, trying to do too much at once. How you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Dave? I am doing fantastic, man, and I'll tell you, it's it's been a, a long week. It's going to be a long week for me this week, but that's okay. I am I'm just very excited to to have you here kicking off the week. You know, I was looking at the schedule over the weekend, and you know, sometimes you look at the schedule and you're kind of like, oh man, like I gotta who do I got on Monday night? And then I looked, and I was like, oh, this is the way I want to kick off a week. This is totally the way I want to kick off a week. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be back, and uh, I enjoyed the first time so much. I'd like to be a regular, maybe even. <laughs> well, we get you know what we got to start doing more panels when it comes to cryptids. That's for sure. We definitely do, and I definitely want you there. And of course, uh, the hunky Nate Fu- uh, Nate Rudd from uh, Washington State as well. You know, you know Nate used to bench press like 500 pounds. It looks like it. Yeah, yeah, and that was with just his pinky fingers. He was like this, yeah. you know, he was like that, but that that's okay. That's okay. I'll tell you though, I had a good week, got some firewood, getting ready for winter, got some firewood yesterday. I got some swag today. Oh, I want to give a quick shout out, if you don't mind, to our, our good friend, uh, uh, our good friends at the Rattler. Okay. Now I got a lot of people out there who think I'm full of it when I say, Hey, you're not on terrestrial radio. Oh, hell yes, we are. Hell yes, Saga 960, KZFX, KZAX. We got the Rattler, WQEE. Well, Len over at the Rattler, Len Novin, can't wait to meet this guy. Apparently, he's just a party animal. And uh, we're going to party it up in Vegas. He's coming to our SOR party when we finally get to it. But he puts out a nice post uh, with the rundown of the nights and and has us on the overnights out there on the Rattler 97.3 FM in Apache Junction, Arizona, which also bleeds into Phoenix, which gives us a massive, massive target audience for this show. So we are real thankful uh, to Len giving us a shout-out tonight. So just... Had to get that going and had to get that out there. A big thank you to Len and Chuck and everybody uh, who else uh, takes a chance on us, man. I tell you, I would love to to see more radio stations get as excited about having us on like uh, the Rattler and all the other stations, Saga 960, man. It just makes it so much better. So that that's a little shout-out right there. little shout-out. But for our audience members who may not know about you, Alan... You know, you're an experiencer, you're an investigator, you're a little bit of everything. How'd you get started in all this? Let's put up a little reminder here. Well, well, for me, it was seeing a Bigfoot in 1987. And then about a dozen years ago, something like that, I didn't know that there was anybody around that experienced a Bigfoot. And I hooked up with some guys that I found that, that like to go out Sasquatching. 
but they also like to go alien hunting and and uh, ghost hunting and all this other stuff, paranormal everything. And we hooked up and we started doing a show called Paranormal Central, where we interviewed, you know, David Polites, uh, Ron Moorhead, all kinds of people, several different times, and it got me hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And for you, being an experiencer, being a little bit of everything that's uh, kind of going on there, man, you know, what's, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Because we all have a favorite. For me, it's Bigfoot only because I saw one. I watched him for like a couple hours. and But then I've also seen UFOs. And so, so but my favorite's Bigfoot. Second favorite, UFOs. I, I'm pretty much the same way. But big, I don't have a number two. You know, I don't have a number two whatsoever. I I just love these topics. I love talking about them. I love hearing about people's experiences. You know, when you hear people's experiences, today it seems like we are becoming very angry in this field. And we want that damn proof. We want that photo. We want that video. And even though we're going to get that photo, we're going to get that video, we're going to tear it apart and call it fake and call it a bunch of BS and, and rip it apart left, right, and center. But you know what? For me, Man, I've taken a step back and I really enjoy the stories that people are telling us and I don't think we take enough time anymore to just sit back and relax and enjoy the woo a little bit of these crazy encounters that people are having I agree and actually before the internet and all that that's all we had you know what I mean and and TV shows and everybody knows how that is you know they they write them and everything and it's all dramatized and rewritten it's not really the original story but I always liked going and talking to people face to face and now we get to do it on like how we are tonight you know we're almost face to face I'm looking at the camera and seeing hearing you and I I love it I mean I'm absolutely addicted well, you know what? I'm addicted too on it, dude. And and you know, w- do you have a favorite story of someone else's that you've interviewed over the years that just really stuck with you? Yeah, and it's a it's actually a UFO one. Believe it or not, it's my favorite story that I ever heard. Tell me about it. Well, th- this one they didn't see any aliens, and they were. Uh, it was a family flying in an airplane and they, they lived in a house that had their own hangar and their own runway, you know, like a little community like that. And they went somewhere. Uh, he didn't say where, but on their way home, a giant, he said like mothership came up like really fast and just started pacing them like 50 feet off the wing. He said it was massive, huge, like a like a uh, a giant ship, like a cargo container, something like that big. Wow! And he said they were all looking out the window at it, and all of a sudden, you know, it had windows and everything. And I guess they could see like the little aliens looking out the windows, but all of a sudden, this big door opened, and all these UFOs started coming out of it, little ones, but they were still bigger than their airplane. 
and it surrounded their plane. And they were they were just tripping, you know, the all the way around the plane had these UFOs all the way around it. The next thing they know, they're waking up at home. And the first thing they did was run out to the see if their airplane, you know, was there. I mean, they're in bed and they they get out and they run out to the hangar and their airplanes all put away just like how they would put it away. And they don't know what happened. That it, to me, that's my favoriteest one. Even though I have probably better ones, more exciting and everything, that to me amazes the you know what out of me. That like, how did you go from you know nine thousand feet to at home in bed with your plane put away? I mean, that blows me away, dude. Blows it, me away. You know what? There are so many stories that I, that we all have heard over the years. I think one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard on this show is is about it's not even paranormal. It, it, it's more about um, Nelson Dellis, who is a, he's a four time United States memory champion, and he has failed to summit Mount Everest four times now. His body will only let him get to within a couple hundred feet and the stories of him where literally he's feeling great he's on the run and they're you know they're passing uh, green boots and they're passing all the dead bodies on the way up and then all of a sudden he gets hit man where like he starts getting the black tunnel vision and he can barely breathe he's starting to cough up blood and all of this and he he had to fight for his life to come all the way back down. I mean, that's as surreal as it gets. I mean, on the woo side of things, I mean, we hear so many beautiful stories about this, but probably the eeriest one uh, comes from a lady we had on a few years ago named Karina Sables. She's a Canadian abductee where literally she tells this haunting story being in Aldergrove, British Columbia, which happened to be right where I, I lived like... 12 miles away when this was going on and uh and here she was uh watching black triangles come come, this black triangle come out of the sky and she she got missing time and then next thing you know she's getting visited almost on a nightly basis it's now affected her children it's affected her grandchildren and it's just driving her absolutely bonkers i just couldn't imagine she can't hold down a job because she's always tired she can't hold down friends because friends can't handle the stories anymore and you know i mean talk about an impact on a life this at et contact man i mean that's what we're dealing with It, it changes people just just like seeing a bigfoot you're changed forever you can't go in the woods anymore and be relaxed, you know, like go lay down under a tree and go to sleep. And I mean, I, I know so many people now that have encountered the aliens and their whole world gets turned upside down. They get called crazy. Um, even they freak out, you know, they like they got to be home before dark. Um, all kinds of weirdness, you know, they're afraid of like they don't go outside. Even though it doesn't help, these things come in their room with them, and I mean, and you know, you know what I found? 
is the aliens actually like attach to families and they might skip over a generation, but they, they always will be around that family. Almost like demons. Demons do the same thing. Yeah, I noticed that. What do you think it is regarding this regarding this um, commonality, this family lineage? What do you think's causing that? I I I don't well personally me after you know interviewing hundreds of people and looking him in the eye and questioning him over and over and talking to and my best friend being an abductee himself um i I actually think they're demons i don't think they come from you know rated reticuli or whatever (laughs) i don't think they come from there i think they're here all the time been here and and they lie like crazy like like uh my my one of my friends you guys probably all know her, her name's heidi hollis yes and, yeah she we, we were talking about she was on she was she would do the ufo section of our show and she was telling us one time off camera you know how we sit around and chat off camera and she she was she actually was channeling aliens that's how i even found out about her like as soon as the internet came on uh, i i was searching aliens and and i came across heidi and the hat man and aliens but she was channeling aliens well when she realized they she thinks the same thing i do now that they're more demonic than anything but they came into her house and she heard him in there, and this is after she quit channeling him. And she went in, and there was like five of these little weirdo dudes, you know, in her living room. And she started freaking out on him and telling them they had to get out. And one of them was picking up a picture of her nephew off the off the table or a bookshelf. And he was looking at it, and she ran over there and took it from him and punched him to the ground, right? Punched this alien right to the ground. And when he fell, he turned into her nephew of the age the nephew was and and was saying, don't hit me, don't hit me, sounding just like her nephew. And then, you know, she, she knew that it wasn't really her nephew, even though it would have she said it could have made her think it was her nephew. It was that good, but only the the picture where he was twelve years old and really he was thirty two. So he turned into the twelve year old nephew and fell on the ground like, "Don't hit me! Don't hit me!" And she chased him out of her apartment. And, I, and you know that I don't know why they want to follow certain families. I don't. Maybe somebody did something, or I think once you get the, it's almost like the Bigfoot thing. You have an encounter, and then after that, you're like prone to have more encounters with them. And it's the same with the aliens. You have an encounter or an abduction, and then after that, you're, they come for you. And a lot of times, I find out, like you don't even know you were abducted, they wipe your memory. And you, so you, you might have been abducted a million times and you don't even know it. 
you go to bed, you go to sleep, you're abducted all night, you don't know, and then you wake up in the morning. And then sometimes you're awake when they abduct you. You go through the wall you, and you remember some bits and pieces and then you're waking up. And that's almost the story for almost every alien abduction. Unless you wake up on the table. <laughs> I know I have some stories of that, but... Oh, it happened to me, dude. It happened to me. What, dude? Yeah, really? man. It, 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 it happened It happened to me. I'm trying to get rid of... Just for our audience here, I'm trying to get rid of this echo that's uh, going on here. And and I it's annoying me in my headphones. And I'm trying to work with it. And I got Chuck... Uh, our, our audio guy, he's working on it from his end, and we're trying to figure it out right now. So uh, uh, just bear with me on it here. Like that, hearing like myself that. right there. So I know if I turn down this pot, I mean, I'm not going to hear it. But uh, the main thing is um, with, with these uh, abductions that are going on, uh, when you have them, when you're hearing people talk about these abductions and what they're going through, what, what's the, what's some some of the stories you're hearing? Well, uh, I got I got one where it was a family and they contacted us and they they were being abducted, but it was one of the ones where they didn't remember very much. And one night there was a the girl was coming home and it looked like a 747 was coming in and was going to crash into their house. So she ran in the house, got everybody up and they ran out. The, the dad was in his underwear and they're running down this really busy road. Their dog got ran over in the process. And when they looked back after running a ways, they looked back and, and the plane didn't hit their house. There was no plane. There wasn't anything. So they, they went back and they, they called us and we interviewed them. And that they started getting abducted from there. And they and we went out and interviewed them again. They're telling us about, you know, floating through the ceiling and some of the things that would happen on the table, like what you're talking about. And they moved. They moved in. They were out in the country. They moved into the city. And they called us again and this time they were saying that the aliens came in, they kept coming in and they weren't abducting them, but they wanted their wand back. I can't, they had a name for it, but it, it was like a wand. And every night they would be in there. Where's our wand? One of you took it, you know, you took this, this tool and nobody would say anything. And, and, uh, so if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. 
Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. They every night, every night, and all night long. And then one night, the alien there there was a taller alien, and he was like the boss of all the aliens that were there. And he said, "Look, you know, he started threatening them with their life. Like, you know, if you don't give us this back, we're gonna, you know." They're going to do something to the family, to all of them. And they're going to start with the mom. And the little kid, the little one, he was eight years old. He ran in his room and he came back with that wand thing. And they immediately took it from him and left. And then they thought that was it. But they still were getting abducted. And finally, they moved out of town. And I haven't heard from them since. But it, I mean, I hear... You know, I you know I don't know. You know, to me, it's for the at first I was like I seen UFOs, but I I never heard anything like some of these stories. You know, of like they have things in them. You know, like my buddy Adolf, he has an implant in his nose up here. I mean, all kinds of horror stories coming from inside the UFO. You know that that they do to them. Really, a trip. It is a trip. So when, when you kind of look at everything with the stories that we are hearing and what we're seeing in ufology today, what do you think is going on? What's the story that you believe? Um, I believe that they're here not not to be nice to us or anything like that. Um, and And I'm not really sure because they lie. Like, like they tell people stuff and, and show them things, and then then they change their story. Like way back, like I, I have interviewed some people that were abducted way back, like the fifties, and one one of them is uh, he was burned. The light shined through the window, and it burned him, and he didn't even know it, and he he was a cop. And when he got back to the, and, and I, what's weird is my dad was a cop and worked with him, but he, he was burned halfway and they told him that he, they were from a planet not far away. Now he's still having the problems. He's an old guy, um, retired. His son is actually a rocket scientist, a, a real wow. rocket scientist. Hold that his, thought. His, <laughs> Hold that thought. We're going to go to break here on Space Out Radio. Alan Thomas, we're sharing weird stories of ghosts, UFOs, aliens, cryptids all night long. We're in for a fun one tonight on Space Out Radio, so stay tuned.
Alan, give me a second here because I just got to call my uh, my audio guy. How much time do I got? We have uh, five minutes. Okay, I'll be right back. All yeah, right? yeah. Hey, Chuck, how you doing? I'm on mute. One second here. I'm just muted here, audience, talking to my audio guy, so please bear with me. Like for instance, I, I I'm potted up here. Let me uh, let me just unmute here, okay? My audience might be able to hear you. We got like a couple minutes here. Um, let me just. Oh, of course, it's not letting me. There we go. Okay, just give me a second, audience, and Alan. Um, so no for for instance. I, I'm seeing uh, on my board right now, it start to light up. So, so like right there, we're, it's starting to get a little bit of echo feed going on. Uh, 
Like, see how it spiked there for a second? No, I'm not hearing it, no. We got uh, minute 21. Channel one is uh, the uh, would be the computer streamyard. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, yes, I have. Like there, that came back really hot through. We got about thirty seconds. Okay. 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 I'll uh, we'll work on it maybe tomorrow. Okay. Goodbye. Okay, Sorry about that, everyone. Does it do it when I muted? No, it's on my end through my board. Okay. All right. Let's uh, get going here in like five seconds. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Pumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on tonight with our good friend Alan Thomas. We're talking UFOs, aliens. Now, Alan, right before the break, you were telling the story about your dad. And your dad's friend. Oh, he the the sheriff. Yeah, so he got burned, and they were telling him that, you know, when he got abducted, they they told him that they were from a planet not far, right, like Venus or something like that. And this is in the fifties. Now, fast forward, I was interviewing him probably about four years ago and we were, we were going to have his uniform tested and see what's inside the uniform. If, if there was anything left of it. And he was saying that, uh, he's still getting abducted, but only now they're they're They told him that, you know, they, they aren't really from Venus or whatever. They're from way out there. A few light years, like four light years. It's because our technology advanced where we know what's on Venus 
So, so they had a, they had a. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Change it now to where it's real far, you know. And I've heard that before on other people. And I started thinking, wait a minute, you know, their story keeps changing on where they're at. And now it's real far out there. Uh, I don't think they're from way far out there. I think they've been here. You know, they're stuck here. Maybe like the demons, you know, stuck on the earth. That's a pretty negative profile you have going on to them aliens, though, buddy. I mean, that they're demons, that they're evil, that they're liars and everything. How did you come to that conclusion for yourself? By talking to lots of people that that get abducted and they find out, like, they get shown things and then, then what they get shown doesn't happen. Um, just that they get told a lot of different things and then they find out it was not true. And I haven't heard them tell the truth yet, far as I know. Uh, everyone, I mean, they never talk to me, but the people are finding out they don't tell the truth. And now they don't know each other, and they're all saying the same thing. They don't tell the truth. And then it makes me, what is the truth? Like, even with the Bigfoots, what is the truth? You know, with the demons, what is the truth? You know, what is the truth? We don't know the truth. So it, so as long as they're telling the truth, they're not cool to me. Well, I mean, but you're only hearing people's stories. You don't know whether or not that's accurate or not, though. Um, at first you don't, but after you talk to, you know, 30 or 40 people in different places in the state, different cities and everything... And they all are talking about the same thing, basically saying the same thing. You start forming an opinion. And actually, like every time I think I know what's going on, I find out I don't know anything. You know, so now I'm totally wide open on it. it my opinion could change again, even from what I'm saying right now. This is just where I'm at at this point, you know, because I was at they're from alpha centauri or whatever you know i mean i was going with the flow and now i'm still going with the flow kind of that they don't tell the truth man do you feel ripped off a little bit by that or what no it just makes me want to know more you know it keeps me on the trail and uh holding their feet to the fire anyways you know <laughs> like like they better not run into me because i'm going to be you know full of questions and 
and stuff like that. Uh, I want to know what's the truth. And I, I think our government knows or multiple governments in the world know, and they're not telling the truth. You know, everybody's like covering up the truth for some reason. And I don't know why I wish I knew. Well, literally next to Jesus Christ himself coming bound from the heavens, this is the second biggest story in humankind's history. I mean, so obviously, you know, if we take Roswell for what it was, I mean, there's a lot of of different uh, technologies and secrets that there are people probably who feel that many of us are not in the know of what is going on and we they don't want us to know whether it's due to the technology advances or anything along those lines so my question to you regarding all of this is is how do we really know what is going on when we can't even figure out what is going on with uh everyday stuff around here man that's a good question it really is i, I have a feeling though that the truth isn't far away you know, you get that feeling, you know, that everything is going to be like busted wide open here pretty quick. Like like the United States government came out and said, we have alien craft. And then that's the last thing you heard for a little while. Then all of a sudden they come out with these videos, right, showing them Tic Tacs or whatever. And they, they know something, but are they really telling us anything yet besides that? No. You know, I, I'm waiting for the rest of the story, just like everybody else, I guess. Oh, I know that, man. But, I mean, I just don't know what is actually out there, what is holding on, what is happening with with this entire scenario. I mean, look, if, we, if you follow UFO Twitter and you follow the game that's pl- being played and the, and the numerous narratives that are going on out there, the only thing that it's going to do is give you a migraine. You, you know, and... And I come down to it, Alan, and and I honestly believe this, and I've been talking to some people uh, deep in this uh, scenario here recently about this. I really do believe the answer is with the experiencers. I do not believe the answer is with the government. How do you feel about that? Well, I think the experiencers, they know what they know, just like uh, me seeing a Bigfoot or... I think they know what they know. Like, like my best friend, Adolf, for instance, he, he's been drawing aliens head pictures since he was a kid. And he's had all these experiences with them. And none of them are, I mean, they, they scared, they've scared him so bad. He won't stay out at night. I barely talked him into camping at, at one of the abduction places recently. So hopefully next summer we're going to go camping at one at, at Courtright Lake. But he, he won't even he won't even stay outside at his house at night. I mean, he's totally afraid of them. And that that's almost goes across the gamut of I haven't met. Now, I have met a few people that that uh, believe they're benevolent, you know, like they're uh, they have a name for them. They look like us and all that. It's some but they have some kind of breeding program or DNA thing going on. And but since I, I don't trust any of them, like 
because I I just don't. I'm I'm not going to trust anything until I can see it or touch it or feel it or read it or experience it. You know, I'm having a hard time with believing anything anymore, like except for what I what I see and and uh, get lots of stories on, and they tell me the same thing. But I'm not afraid of them like they are yet. Yeah. Have you had any encounters personally? Not not with uh, aliens, just with ghosts and uh, Bigfoots. You know, the, the Bigfoots, I've had about seven. And the aliens, a handful, probably about ten. Or no, 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 ghosts, I mean ghosts. About ten experiences with that. But hanging out with alien abductee all the time. We do everything together. His buddy, they were camping. I'm, I'm friends with him. And the, he's still getting abducted. It's cost them relationships, several relationships. Because once they start having you know girlfriends or get married, then they become abductees after that. And, and sometimes their exes still get abducted after so they never had any abductions and then then they continue to have it after they split up thinking that's going to end it you know the the ex does and i don't i don't know i know that most everybody is afraid most everybody i know well i think we're afraid because we don't know what is going on we don't know how it's happening and it's out of control whether or not there is some scary elements of it i would agree with that i you know i'm not going to sit here oh it's all peace love and light and they hand us daffodils and tulips afterwards i'm not going to sit there and say that you know because i know from my own personal experiences as well as much like you interviewing a number of people over time who have had these issues I am noticing that, you know, there are some scary aspects to this that we just do not know or understand. That being said, I'm wondering, you know, in regards to the the entire scenario here with ET abduction, you know, and the stories you have heard from your friends and people you've interviewed, you know, what's the commonality outside of the fear aspect that they are going through? Uh, I think the most common part is experiencing the aliens show up and then waking up and not know what happened in between. That That's the most common thing that of all the experiencers that I've talked to is they start to have an alien experience and the aliens are there they go through the wall and then they they wake up you know and that's the most common thing is that one and and it's like why do they suppress your memory you know what are they doing to you i i actually believe they're doing some kind of a um, a dna thing cuz they they're always going after their you know when you do get the people remember what happened on the ship. They're they're going after the women's eggs, and they're 
the means. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, semen. You know, I don't know how to say it real nice, but that that's usually what they're going after. You know, and, and then I've talked to a couple of like like uh, Adolf, his his girlfriend. They she was pregnant. They got abducted, and then all of a sudden she wasn't pregnant, and she was like four months pregnant. You know, and all of a sudden, no God. baby. Yeah, we've heard that. We've heard that story a number of times over the years here with that, uh, Alan. And and you know, I don't understand what is actually truly going on and and truly happening in regards to that potential hybridization program. I mean, there's a lot of of dark paths that go along with this. But you know, getting back to the experiences people are having, are, are they see the people you talk to? Are they seeing marks on their bodies? Are they seeing any type of identifying scars? Oh yeah, and also the little, you know, the things in them, the little. Uh... I can't remember what they call it, but, but they have them. And like, like Adolf has one right, right in the, like a, where the third eye would be at. And the doctor said they could take it out, but it would be kind of risky, you know, where it's at up in his nose, way up in there. And he opted to keep it. You know, I would have opted to get rid of it, but he opted to keep it. And, and a lot of them don't even know they have it until they go in for a medical procedure and get an MRI or some x-rays or something like that. And then they wind up having this little thing inside of them that they didn't know they had. And, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's almost surreal. Like, like I've, I, I know, um, John Lear and I talked to him quite a bit and he thinks like he was telling me he thinks that everybody got abducted everyone and we regularly do and they take us to the moon and do something inside the moon and that's where they're based at and 
he he thinks they're actually good and, you know and they and they're watching over humanity and stuff like that and <laughs> it's like okay you know and we've had a lot of chats about uh oh man what's his name that worked at S4 Bob Lazar yeah Bob Lazar and I guess he's like along the same lines as uh, what John Lear thinks on that, you know, they, and that they, they can travel through time. He says they can take you and then put you back, like almost at the right at the same moment that they took you. So, I mean, it, it gets really deep, you know, when, like when you start talking to all these people, it starts getting hard to have a you know have any kind of a opinion because it it's almost amazing what they could do very but, true but i did you know, they i noticed that bigfoot and aliens they they almost have the same qualities kind of like they can they can disappear you know they, they do like the same things they can mind speak uh, different things like that and so, and then sometimes they get seen like, uh, we were, we were in Oregon on a deer hunt and the tent disappeared on me and my wife in between two other tents. And we woke up, I woke up first, the tent was gone. The floor was there. All our stuff on in the tent was there, but the tent part, the ceiling and the walls was gone. And there was there was UFO reports for like three days before that, and then when we were there, someone saw a Bigfoot, and the same day, uh, the brother-in-law saw a UFO, and we decided to call the we called the hunt. We were going to be there three more days, but we decided to just call it and go home because everybody was freaked out. One person saw a Bigfoot. One person saw. A UFO. I lost my tent. I don't even know what happened with us. I mean, we might have got abducted. I don't know. It's weird. Well, maybe you did get some aliens. It could be. I don't know. I, um, I've often wondered about that. And then, after talking with John Lear a few times, I wonder, have they been doing it all along? And, I, and I'm one of the ones that doesn't remember anything. You're like, I don't know. We've got about five minutes here to go before we got to go to break at the top of the hour. Alan Thomas is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're going to continue with the UFO talk until the top of the hour. We'll get into some paranormal stuff at the second hour of the show. But for you, you know, what's the biggest secret of all of this that you want to know? What's what's itching you? I, I really want to know what the truth is. Like, are they really from other planets or are they just living in another dimension right here i just want to know the truth you know the truth do they time travel you know like i have some friends that we interviewed that they time traveled that we have the technology to time travel and and one of them is my good friends i talk to him all the time and i mean they were time traveling since they were kids he was saying he went to the Mars with uh, Obama. Who's that, and, Chicago? Uh No, it's uh, William Stillings. William in fact, Stillings. I was just, 
Okay. I just talked to him the other day, you know, and he oh, was dude. telling me. We got to get him on the air. I might be able to get him for you. He just called me this morning, okay. but he said he was having problems with his Bluetooth and hung up. You you just uh, you just opened up a whole can of woo there with Project Pegasus. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So okay, Pegasus. for our audience, explain Project Pe- explain Project Pegasus and uh, and the entire uh, Mars jump rooms and everything. Do I have enough time? Well, we can. Well, I'll carry it over, man. If I have to, we got three minutes. Let's start it. Well, they well, how they started was is the his dad was in the navy and an officer in the navy and brought him in because the the tunnel that they ran through was was too small for humans for for adult humans. And the adults would like stand up or something and they would shave the top of their head off and they would die or, or something would happen and their feet would go through and they and they would they would chop their feet off. So they were using children like Basiago and, and uh, William Stillings and Obama and so they, they could they could go in different countries, you know, from one to another one, or they could go to different planets. And the one, the question I ask all the time is, okay, so you go back in time, say, and you wind up over there. How do you get back, really? And he said, all of a sudden, you just start disappearing, and then you're you you wind up back where you started at, like on a timer. And it was like, whoa, you know, that's a trip. And he he actually still wants to go to Mars still, but I think. I think he got passed over for that one, the Mars thing. Yeah, that that's what they were doing, time traveling. When was he doing this? It was when he was a kid, so I don't know how old he is now, probably in his 40s or maybe 50. So he, he was probably started out at 12 years old. And same with Basiago. That's how they all met. And actually, Basiago, uh, Stillings, and another one, they were trying to get Obama, when he was president, to tell the truth, right? To come out I with it, that. that he was a time traveler. And he wouldn't do it. He acted like they were totally crazy. He didn't know him. You know, it made him really mad that that they, he wouldn't talk about it. You know, and he said he wasn't Obama then. He was... Uh, a different name, Barry <laughs> you know, Satoro. Satello or Satoro? Yeah, that that was it. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know a lot about this stuff. Oh, I huh? love it. I love this case. I do. But I, I will tell you this. I, I think, I think with uh, Andrew Bashago, where he uh, started going downhill, was when he started making claims that he was the next president of the United States. It was all written down. It was all in the ma- in the manual, in the ma- in the manuscripts and transcripts, and I think that's where he lost a lot of people over that. You know, I think there was a lot of people who really wanted to buy the story and have some. You know whether or not it was true. I mean, a lot of times people just want to buy the story, 
But the minute he started with the whole presidential run and that he was going to be the next U.S. president and it was in the books because he was told at the table in some secret lunchroom and and then it didn't happen in 2016 that's where everybody kind of kind of threw Bashago in the garbage and and said you know what you're full of it we're not listening to you anymore say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Or, I mean, the guy runs as an independent in 2016. How do you expect to to, uh, win the presidency as an independent? But we'll talk about that. Time travel, paranormal, coming up. Alan Thomas on Spaced Out Radio. We're having a good time with our good friend here tonight. We'll be back with more of the Mighty SOR when we come back on Spaced Out Radio Hour 2. All right, we're clear. So uh, just for our audience out there, I just want to remind you guys, we are having uh, some audio issues tonight that we are working on. We're going to have to punch right through it and be strong and tough. So I do apologize if you hear an echo coming through. Um, Try that. And uh, we're just going to keep uh, trying to work with it as best as we can tonight. It's very frustrating, but just... uh, Give us a little bit of a break tonight, if you don't mind. We're going to continue to have a good show with Alan, though. Uh, let's see here. Oop to Joe's Maine. You've got aliens. Thank you to Dirt Road, Noble Patrick, Spookles, or Spooky Cat, or Spooky Morales, uh, Cat Chaser, Simon, and Cold Warrior for the amazing Super Chats tonight. Really do appreciate it, and uh, thank you for your time. And your support, the Super Chat, is a great way to support what we do on this channel on a nightly basis. So thank you very much. Um, Hi, Zero Cool. How you doing? And um, who else has come in? We got a lot of new... Oh, there he is. 
Are you on the square? Are you on the level? Are you ready to stand right here, right now, before your Davo? There we go. With that fucking echo. Um, it's aliens, man. Totally aliens. Actually, it could be the internet. I've been having trouble all day. No, th- this has been happening recently. It's it, it's it's coming through my mixing board. So there's something open on my mixing board that we need to uh, take a look at. We'll have to do that tomorrow to try and get it cleared up. Does it have Bluetooth? Uh, no. No. Show you my mixing board. Cool. Yeah, so okay. this, this is your channel right here that where my audio is coming through. And my audio should not be coming through your channel, and yet it is. Right. Ah. So, that's the oh. issue. That's the issue. Yeah. See, I'm, I have a little bitty, it's not bitty, 12-channel mixer I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I just one line in and and then the USB to the computer. Mm. Yeah, well, uh it's kind of cool, but Peter Steins, how are you? Um who else is here? Black Dragon has arrived. Who else is coming in? We got a lot of new listeners in here tonight. And I apologize once again for the little bit of audio issues that we are having. I uh, seen some of my followers in there. Yeah, man. Reno, how are you? Welcome to our channel. If you're new here, just to give you guys a quick breakdown, uh, we are a live radio show, so we do take commercial breaks at the top and bottom of the hour. And uh, with because of that, that's why you get this little banter kind of in between. And if you're new here, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. Hi, Jeff, Steve Garvey, how are you? And, uh, you know, we are here seven days a week from 9 p.m. Pacific to midnight Eastern. And uh, we're having a lot of fun uh, bringing these topics to you. So uh, continue to rock and roll with us. We'd really appreciate it and uh, go from there. And uh, But we're working on an audio issue tonight. I do apologize. Normally it's not like this but it is what it is tonight it is what it is sorry about that well that's all right gotta set my wife up real quick with something she's gonna make me a coffee nice Ross Smith, how are you? Yeah, it's like, it's so cool. Maybe you could see my mixer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now we're now we're getting real. Hmm. Oh, this is so frustrating for me. Oh, I hate when that happens, man. So frustrating me. Uh, Yes, it is a Sasquatch shirt that I have on. 
Brian Bowden, the man with 885 podcasts running simultaneously, sent me this one and like seven other shirts today. And I got them. And, and it's like, this, this was my favorite. I had to put this one on. No, his shirt does not say Papa Don't Preach. It's not a Madonna shirt, Joe. It says Papa and the S word. Notice how it blurs out on the S word there. That's actually pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, my grandkids made that for me. I, ha- I have another one, too, that where they say uh, I'm Squatchy. The, the, I'm Grandpa Squatch, but only I'm Squatchier. Nice. Like that. Very nice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you a hard time because it's from your grandkids. So yeah. you get you get the freebie there. You get the freebie there. Holy cow! Okay, here we go. We're uh, coming live in ten seconds. And uh, happy birthday, Eddie Haskell, uh, from all of us here. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Imbrute. Imbrute is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam, says the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on tonight with Alan Thomas. He's a podcaster, researcher, investigator, and you know what? Pretty proud dad and grandpa, too, hanging on out with us, talking all things weird and strange. We're going to get into some paranormal here because you've had some wicked paranormal experiences over the years as well. A lot of them. I actually had ghost things way before uh, Bigfoot. Wow, thank you. Look at that. His wife brings him a nice coffee for the studio there. A little bit of cream in there. Probably a couple teaspoons of sugar. Oh, yeah. How did you know, man? You're psychic. You are a double-double kind of guy, man. Yep. So So tell us about your first paranormal experience. My my very first one, I worked at a mall and I was security. And they gave me they gave me the four to midnight shift. It was like uh four to midnight, four to midnight, midnight to eight, midnight to eight, and then ten AM to six PM. That was my schedule for like two years. I didn't know if I was sleeping, I didn't know if I was, you know. I didn't know what I was doing because I had such a weird schedule. But on one of I 
one of the nights after the mall closed, the I would they had a little truck and I could drive around in the parking lot. And I was out there just having a good old time driving around in this empty parking lot, huge parking lot. And I, there was some maintenance guys inside vacuuming. And one of them gets on the radio and he starts telling me to knock it off, quit doing something, you know. And and I, I was laughing at him and making fun of him. And he kept saying, man, knock it off. Like, the, it is not funny. You're not funny, you know. So I thought I would... Uh, sneak in there and see where he is and what's going on and try to find out really why he's getting so upset with me on the radio. And I was messing with him really hardcore. And when I went into the mall, I went into the center. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Enter part of the mall, like the main entrance, I guess. And they have these box, big, like Macy's on one side and big box, you know, store on the other side, J.C. Penney's or something like that. And I could see that he was all the way down by the Macy's, vacuuming way down there. And I had just locked all the doors to that, but I didn't see him. He, he must have been just almost to the doors, like 20 minutes ago. So so I, I, I don't want to scare him. He's got his headphones on, listening to music. And, and I'm walking down there, and, and I start following the electric cord to him, and I get down there and I didn't really want to scare him too bad. So I kind of didn't walk right up on him and tap his shoulder. Cause I, I think he would have died or something. So I, I made a big circle around him and got in front of him. As soon as he see me he ripped off his, his little earphones and he started yelling at me, you know, like, man, dude, you're scaring me. Like, this is, you got to quit doing this, man. I mean, like you got to stop. I'm like, stop doing what? And he's telling me, you know what you're doing, you know. And we're standing right over his vacuum. It's still running, right? It has like a drive thing on it. So it could sit there and just spin, but he could also push a button and make it go, like self-propelled. And we're sitting there. All of a sudden, it shuts off. And he looks at me, and his eyes get really big. And he's like, 
looking at me. He says, like, that's what you were doing. I'm like, oh. I go, well, I didn't do it. You know, so then we started following the wire back, and it went back about 200 feet down the mall, and it was unplugged. It was like, whoa, you know. I told him, well, you, you know, maybe it was just ready to fall out. You were at the end of it, you know. So we walked back to the vacuum. We didn't plug it back in. We just walked back to the vacuum, and we're standing there. And now he's freaking out because I didn't do it. And he, and he said that it happened like 15 times that the it would be unplugged and he'd have to go all the way back and plug it in. I'm like, wow, that's a trip. And while we're talking about it, the vacuum came on. It was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> and, you know, something plugged it in, you know. And then while we're standing there freaking out on that, there's 10 mall doors that I just locked 20 minutes ago. They all flew open. And he, I mean, like, bam. And then, you know how they, they go slow, slow close? And they all came back and closed. And I just took off running down the mall. That was it for me, man. I, I ran down and I got in my little truck and I was on the radio telling him, you know, you're on your own, man. Because <laughs> I'm not hanging out in here. So then I'm like, I have to go check those doors. I can't leave the mall unlocked. I have to go look. And so I drove down there and then I jumped up on the curb and I drove the truck up to the doors. Normally I don't drive on the on the walking area, you know, the sidewalk and everything. But <laughs> I drive all the way up there and, and then I pull in where I could reach over and grab the door out the window and shake it. They were all locked. So then a week goes by and as soon as I lock them all up, I don't go back in there. I stay, I'm staying out, right? I, I'm not going to let anything happen. That freaked me out. That guy quit like five days later, he quit. So, and I'm getting ready. Like I'm on my four to midnight shift again. And we leave one door of the mall on the main entrance open so that the managers and workers, well, when they close up and count their money or do whatever, they could go out that one door. And then I just stay right there until I can lock that door. So it's like 10. Mall's been closed for probably three hours, four hours. And I'm standing there, and I know I'm going to get off in a couple hours, so I'm writing down my incident report, all the things that I did that day on this little thing. And a lady walks up to me, and I, you know how you can see the peripheral vision, you know, outside? Yeah. This lady walks up, and she walks up to the little booth I'm at, and she says, excuse me, excuse me. And I told her, just a second. I had, like, two more words and a period. She's like, excuse me. And I, I'll be right with you, you know. And I, I finish it. I put the period. I turn and look at her. And right when I look at her, she just went. Disappeared. Yeah, man, I ran like the wind. And I mean, I was out that door and way out in the parking lot. I ran way out there. I mean, I watched her dis just fade out like smoke. And I mean, that's just a few things that happened in that mall that mall that we had workers walking off left and right uh, they started to add on to the mall and they're doing a construction thing 
And I was looking at the blueprints one day in the middle of the night. It was my midnight to eight in the morning shift. And I was in the construction side of this extension. And me and my buddy, one of the other guys, we were racing the electric platform things. You know, you can go up and down on the platform. And we were racing them around. And I realized there were some blueprints down there. So I went down there and was checking out the blueprints. And it had a history kind of like of all the all the mall being built and it i i was digging through there and i found like when they first built a mall hat like down that end of that part of the mall there was a a graveyard right there and they had to move it and so they they moved it to build the mall on that end and on that end when they were constructing it People were the tools are getting moved around and buckets are knocking off of stuff. And I mean, it. and while we were standing there, all this stuff fell off of this, the scaffolding and landed on the ground. It had a bunch of bolts in it, scared the, you know, what out of me, man. So me and we ran outside and then we got on the roof and we were just like stayed up on the roof talking that we could see every direction on the roof <laughs> and we just stayed up there until it was time to go home but oh my god that was so scary man it was a scary place no kidding okay. Were, did any paranormal investigators ever investigate this mall to see what was causing all of this activity the mall won't allow it A- after i became an investigator the the same people are running the mall so I went back in there and, and I asked them if we could do an investigation. And they said, we don't want that. Uh, we don't want anybody to know. We don't want any pu- publicity on it. You know, we want it to be a wholesome family, whatever, shopping experience. And no, you know, they can't. You can't come here. <laughs> what so mall? What mall? we tried what to do mall? it in the parking lot and the security ran us off out of the parking lot around one or two in the morning. Which mall was There's, this? It's called, it's called Fashion Fair Mall in Fresno. You can look it up online. It's still there. And a uh, scary place, man. Scary place. There might be some people might have wrote stories about it online. I never thought to check that, actually. I'm actually checking right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, and then uh, I moved up to the foothills. I raised all my kids. I had six kids, five boys and one girl, and I raised them up in the mountains, and we got this 20 acres, and there was several mines on the property, old copper mines, and my kids, I never experienced anything, but my kids and my wife, they would say something thump them on the head. Uh, they said they saw people peeking from behind the uh, dressers and little, little people, little people running around at, on this ranch. <laughs> and uh, I, I never experienced anything and at that place, but all my family did. Do you think that paranormal investigation is ever going to solve the, Life after death scenario. Um, it might, it might, 
because I've also, I don't know if I shared this last time, but I, I also died. Um, th- and that's why I don't have the ranch anymore. Um, the doctors were doing an angiogram and they accidentally blocked the femoral artery after doing where they put the catheter in. And eight days later, I was losing my leg and my right leg. And I went in there and they, when they realized what happened, they immediately rushed me to surgery. And they're telling me that I might not have a right leg when I come out of it. And at one point, I... Like, I, I don't know how how or anything. I woke up in a valley, and it was golden, uh, like wheat, golden wheat, and it had these big, huge oak trees, and there was no shadows under the oak trees. That, that was one of the first things I noticed was there was no shadow. I didn't have a shadow. I mean, it, it was weird, and it was the most there was colors that I can't describe and music and stuff like that all around. So this is your near death experience that you've had. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm standing in this Valley looking around and then off in the distance, there's these beautiful snow covered mountains and I'm a mountain guy, right? I grew up in Yosemite and, and raised my kids in the mountains. And I still go to the mountains like that video I showed you earlier and it's in the mountains. And so I'm looking at the mountains and I think to myself, man, you know, if I ever get back here, wherever this is, I'm going to go check out those mountains. As soon as I thought that, I was in the mountains. And I was standing there looking at these beautiful forests. And, you know, when you're in the forest, it has a smell that is, I love the smell of the pine trees and the forest and and the ferns and everything. I mean, it just makes this really beautiful smell. Well, where this forest had, it was off the hook. You know, I'm standing there going, I mean, I'm taking it in. I'm like, man, that is, I never smelt anything so great. You know, I mean, this is the best forest I ever smelled in my life. And I started doing like the a turn, you know, all the way around. I'm going to do a 360 and just, take this whole forest in when I'm taking these deep breaths and everything. And as I get 180, I realize I'm overlooking the valley that I was just in. And I can see the whole valley. And all of a sudden the thought occurred to me that what if I was supposed to meet someone and here I am all the way up in the mountains. And what if I was supposed to meet someone like that freaked me out. Like, Oh no, I'm missing something. You know, I, I missed something. So I, I thought to myself, Oh man, I should have never, you know, left. Soon as I thought that I was standing back in the Valley and there was these two light beings standing there and they were pure light. Like if it, if it would have been my real body, this body, it would have burned my eyes out. They were so bright white. And I realized if I could go, you know, if I squinted my eyes, I could actually tell it was two guys in like Roman kind of looking clothes. And I mean, with like they had a sash and this part, it was like a white 
robe, but it only went down to like their knees and they had a big leather belt and they were talking to me in their mind. One of them tells me mind speak, right? He tells me, uh, are you done? You know, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what? I don't even know where I am. You know, this is all these thoughts are going through my mind. Like, am I done? Like, what kind of question is that? Like, am I done? Like, I don't even know where I am. I don't know how I got here. I have no idea, you know. And then he says it again, like, are you done? I'm like, I didn't answer him, right? I'm, I, I didn't know what to say. Like, I don't know. I have no idea if I'm done. Like, I don't know what you mean by am I done? And before I could even, like, say anything, I was going to speak with my mouth instead of thinking it. I didn't know they could read my thoughts. It never occurred to me. And all of a sudden he says, what about your wife and your kids? It was like, oh, you know. And then I started thinking about it my wife and kids and I could actually see where they were and what they were doing right then. I mean, I could see right where they were, all of them. And it, I was like, Whoa, you know, I mean like really blown away. And, but then when I, I noticed that all of a sudden I got sucked up, like a vacuum sucked me up. It, it just like, and I started going backwards really fast. I mean, really fast. And I slammed into my body. It was like, boom, like that. And then I opened up my eyes and the doctor's face was in front of me. But it, his face was upside down to mine. Like his eyes are here and his mouth is there. And he's like, stay with us, stay with us like that. And then I just, I just crashed out again. And then I woke up in recovery room. And they're standing there like, oh, good, you're waking up, you know. And he started telling me I died twice. Um, they gave, they gave, had this little thing with a button. He goes, you could push this every six minutes for pain, but not yet. You know, we have to tell you this, these things, right? You still have your right leg. I'm like, oh, you know, I started, yeah, wow, oh, man, I do, you know. And they told me all this stuff. And, okay, you can push the button. He hands to me, beep, gone. And then I don't know how many days I remember waking up and it would be different times. There would be different people in there in the hospital room. And I wake up, ah, ah, you know, and I beep, ah, gone again. And I, I don't know how long I did that, right? I don't know how long. But that, that, that's, my, uh, that's my story that I know that someday we're all going to know, right? And when we die, we'll know for sure. I think when we die, we will know. You know, we I, don't die. I got to tell you, man, out of all the experiences that I have had of the weird and strange, the one thing that I haven't had is a near-death experience. And I am very, very thankful of that. And I think it's because I have an absolute God-fearing fear, no pun intended, of death. I do. Now, I, I, have, I have had interactions twice with the angel of death. But Yikes. but I will tell you, man, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that at all. I I, I kind of like this living thing, you know? 
yeah, but but only it's you're not dead, man. I mean, you don't die. You're you live. In fact, over there, after you leave this realm or whatever you want to call it, that realm is more real than this realm. And you're you're alive. You could travel at the speed of thought. I mean, you can know anything you want. Like I was thinking things I, that I didn't talk about, but I was thinking about things. And as soon as I thought about the question, the answer came to me and I knew. Not me, like, man. Like I, I knew that when that I was dead, like because I asked myself, like, am I dead? You know, like, yeah, you're you know, it, the answer came. I'm dead and but not dead. Right. My body is still somewhere else. It's dead. But only what gives us life inside of our body is over there. And more life, like traveling at the speed of thought, knowing anything you want to know, anything. I I mean, all the questions we have right now, they would know you ask it, you know. And there is a lot to explore. I couldn't. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I explored the mountains, and and I think that's what those guys were asking me: was I done with my life here? Oh, for sure. And they're asking, "Am I done? Do you know? Can I carry on over there?" But only when I started thinking of my life here, and my feelings were like, "I'm, you know, I really do want to see them again." You know, but I'm not afraid anymore of death at all, not at all. But I was. Just like you, like. Let's continue this conversation when we come back because I'll tell you, to this day, I still have major anxiety attacks about dying and death. Oh, I'm going to get freaked out here over the break. Alan Thomas is our guest. We're having a great time here on Spaced Out Radio. Hope you are too. We'll be back with the second half right after this. Scaring the shit out of me here, dude. Hey, it's October. No, no I'm just kidding. I didn't mean to. Oh, that's all right. Real. We'll go down yeah. the road, man. There Really, there's nothing to be scared of, really. Nothing. I've talked to a lot. Now, I seek out people that have near-death experiences now. And I've probably read... 1200 near-death experiences and i've talked to probably a dozen people that had near-death experiences and they some of them like have a car accident or they die in a hospital after a car accident you know and they're laying there and they're barely alive and then all of a sudden they just sit up and they they go to the light and then they're you know no pain no suffering uh they they love it i mean they're some of them don't want to come back, and they're told they got to come back. You know, nobody told me; they just asked me, and I think they were asking me. I gotta get my I, I gotta get my friend Daryl on the show. He actually had a near death experience from a brain aneurysm about twenty years ago, and he actually can recall his judgment. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, it, that would be a trip. Dude. Yeah, dude, it, that it, it's the most incredible story that I have ever heard. Like it, it brings me to tears, uh, just what he tells it, because it's it's a very he's a religious guy now, 
Okay. Me too. And he, um, um, he is very, very, um, like when he gets into his, uh, judgment, um, it was pretty, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I don't even know how to properly. I could not do that story justice. Well, one one of the things I thought about was I was worried about that. Like I, I heard about getting judged and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it it all depended on if I was going to stay or go. Right, if I was going to go through that, but I did find out that all the things that we think are important is not important over there. Right. The only thing that's important over there is how you treat people and and how your heart is, right? Like where your yeah. heart is. And, and that is what mattered, you know. The, the weird part for him was he said the judgment was like a being in a courtroom where oh, wow. he, he looked over to his left and literally he was staring at Satan. And, oh my God. and he looked to his right and Jesus was beside him. And he said uh, he could he never saw God. He said he saw the two cherubim that were bes- beside it. and um, but he said he was too embarrassed to look at God. And he said the devil on on this desk had this giant book this giant book of every sin that he committed from the day that he was born. And basically he had like Jesus standing there as his lawyer saying, Hey dad, don't worry about it. I got this one covered. Don't worry about that one, dad. I I got, I remember I died for this and all of this stuff. Right. And uh, yeah. uh, apparently the judgment lasted 10 human days or, or something like that. And, and he was in a, uh, that would kill me. He was, he he was in like on this side, all that fucking echo. 
um, he was in like a fetal position in his, uh, uh, like almost like a paralyzed fetal position, uh, in his uh, hospital room. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the doctors were telling his wife, you couldn't make it. And then at the end, and I'm paraphrasing the story here very poorly, uh, at the, at the end of his judgment, he said he heard God speak to him and say, uh, Daryl, you've been forgiven for all of your sins. You're, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to, uh, come in to heaven or do you want to, uh, or do you want to go back down and live your life? And Daryl said, God, you know, like he goes, my son is just two years old. I really want to, uh, uh, raise my kids, go back and raise my kids. And, uh, he said all of a sudden it was like this, like a snap of a finger. He was in his body out of his coma and his body was straight and everything was back to normal. And his doctors were like, what the hell is going on here? Hold on, my friend. We got three seconds. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives, youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on tonight speaking with Alan Thomas. Right before the break, he was telling us about his amazing near-death experience, and we're going to continue down that road because, Alan, i got to tell you, man, I've never had a near-death experience. I don't want one. It scares the daylights out of me. I realize with people such as yourselves or others who I've talked to say it's just a, a beautiful experience, but man, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, it's kind of a trip, man. You know, after after that experience, I'm more, uh, I don't know what you call it, imp- imp- empathic. Like, I, I can feel people and feel like if they're having a bad day or if they're being emotional, if it's anger or if they're happy or I can kind of know stuff. Like, I can know when Bigfoot's around now. I can sense it. I can sense things. And, uh, and also, my relationship with God or Jesus, really, Jesus, uh, became on a whole nother level. I mean, like, on a whole nother level. Now now he takes me out and shows me... Sometimes I'll just be sitting there, and everything will turn into a movie screen, and he'll show me things. Like what you just talked about, about the book. That book? Right. I, I was just sitting outside talking to him, and I talked to him just like I'm talking to you. 
I mean, it's like that. And all of a sudden, everything went black. And a light came on. And when it lit up in front of me, there was these people standing at podiums in, in a semicircle. And I was standing, like, in the opening of the semicircle. And I knew Jesus was right behind me on my right side, right beside me. And all these people had books stacked up on these podiums. And right next to me, there was this guy in a $5,000 suit. I mean, I didn't know how much it was till later, but I mean, he was dressed, you know, like expensive. And there was different, you know, there was the tatted guy right here. And then there was, you know, just different people of different walks of life. And then on this side, right next to me was a little old lady and she only had a little bitty book, right? The guy over here across from her that's all dressed to the nines, he had a pile of books that was taller than him, you know, from the podium. It went above his head. And all of a sudden, God spoke. And, I mean, it was loud. And he was judging everyone. And he would tell them, like the books were everything they did in life, everything like good and bad. Right. And according to how good they were, they would, it would give them treasures like uh gold and emeralds and stuff like that. I mean like diamonds and it, it would pile up and it went, it started with the little old lady and he said, you know, she didn't have much. She didn't give much. But what she did do was really great in the kingdom of God. And this lightning bolt hit her book. And the table couldn't even hold all the jewels and treasure, right? It was like rolling off the side of it. And everybody's like, whoa, you know, even me. I was like, oh, my God. Gosh, you know, that was trip. I never said anything. And then he went around the t thing and everybody got a different, like some people had a lot of books, but then their treasure was like just a couple of little gems. And then some people didn't get anything. There was nothing, right? I mean, there wasn't anything. So then it got around to this guy, the one you know, right next to me and, God was telling him, you know, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, the lightning hit his books, this big pile of books, and it turned into just a pile of ashes. And he was the only one that got ashes. And I'm standing there like, whoa, you know. And the guy got indignant. He was the only one that argued with God. And he started saying, you know, I've been serving you for 45 years. And this is what I get, a pile of ashes. You know, I've been I've been preaching and I've, I gave up my whole life for you. And this is all I get. And she didn't even do anything. She just had a little book and look at her pile of stuff. You know, like that isn't fair. This is not fair. And then he said, and I, I think I remember him more because of how the other people were kind of like, eh. Well, he said, 
yeah, you preached the word for me, you know, and you served the church. But he said, you already got your reward. Look at your shoes. They're $500 shoes. You have a $5,000 suit. You have two mansions and a jet plane. You got all your rewards here. What do you, What else do you want? You don't get anything else. You know, and then all of a sudden I was back sitting there and it was like, whoa, you know, and it gave me a lesson on what really is going on, you know, like how we should be in life and how, how, you know, you shouldn't be. Wow. That's pretty in depth. That's very in depth there, man. I mean, how do you even start with that? But let, let's get to a question here from Chad. Okay. How often, in, if ever, do you see synchronicities, repeating numbers? What do they associate themselves with? Okay. <laughs> I see 111 all the time. And I don't know what it means. Like, I'm, I don't know. But I see it like a couple times a day. Like I'll wake up in in, uh, in the middle of the night, and and when I look at the clock, it'll be eleven eleven. Or I'll I'll be in the car, and I'll look at the clock on the car. It'll be one eleven. You know, I mean, it's like always constant. I'll look at my phone to see what time it is. It's like eleven eleven, one eleven. Sometimes it'll be two two two. You know, like that or four four four, but that's not very often. It's mostly the one one ones, the ones. I see so many ones, it's unreal. And I don't know what it means really. I never really researched it. And I've got my wife doing it now, you know, like I'll come in the room and and uh look down at my my phone and say, Oh, one, 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 you know, and I'll, I'll show it to her. And she's like, Whoa, not again, you know. And now she's starting to do it, you know, get the one, one, ones. And uh, I have no idea what it means, though. Maybe somebody does here. I don't know. The one, one, one thing <laughs> is angelic. Angelic. Ones are angelic. Ones are. So that's what that means. One 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 is angelic. Yes. Like how? Like uh, how? I don't know. I'm not a numerologist, man. I'm just going by what yep. I'm seeing in the chat room and everybody's saying. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Okay. I don't know if I could see that chat, but four twenty. I saw that one. I know what four twenty is. <laughs> well, one of my things. No. Let's go down the path for a minute here. And, and you know, you have your near-death experience. It brought you closer to your own spirituality. And you you kind of ha have an, up, uh, an outlook of everything that is kind of going on here. So for you, uh, with that near-death experience that you had, you know, is it something that you would want to happen again? And if so... What would you do if it was different than the very peaceful one that you explored the last time? Well, I wouldn't want it to happen again because of the, the after, like coming back, I didn't come back all healthy. 
I came back in a wheelchair and and living in pain. It's been now 21 years and I have a it's a disease called uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy or complex regional pain syndrome. And it's the worst pain known to man. And I've been having to deal with that. So actually, if, if it happens to me, I don't want to come back. I want to stay on the other side because it's living hell ever since that. But, but I have asked God, why didn't he heal me? And I used to be the marketing director at a casino. In fact, I, I held different executive positions. I was the network administrator for a while. And then I was the food and beverage director over a couple of bars, a couple of restaurants. But my favorite one was marketing. And I, I was like five years as the marketing director. I actually got hired by Steve Wynn and was going to work over there for five casinos. I was going to be the president of marketing for Steve Wynn, but only I got hurt right then. And when I came back, I couldn't work for him. I was actually disabled. And it was a sad day because I told him I could still do it in a power chair. He's like, nope. Uh, when you come rolling up, you know, there's sharks over here. You're already at a disadvantage. They're going to be standing up looking down on you and they're going to eat you alive. You can't, you won't be able to keep your job. I was like, dang, you know, he's probably right because everybody I knew is a shark. But I, but I would, I wouldn't mind being on the other side, but I have 26 grandkids and all that. And I, I'm enjoying my life here. And except for the pain and stuff like that. So, but I wouldn't want to go back and forth. Like if I go, I want to be gone over there and stay there. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm just not wanting to take the chance right now. Oh man. Somebody has CRP complex regional pain syndrome i feel so sorry for you that is the worst thing that it's like a sentence of death that won't kill you i'm so sorry robin hood that that hurts my heart eddie is asking alan have you ever found or heard of a staircase in the middle of the woods with nothing around Oh, man, okay, like, I don't talk about this very much. Oh, damn it. But... If you say you've seen one, I am going to trip because this is the one thing that freaks me out about going into the forest, man. Okay, so when I was a kid, I grew up hunting with with family. I mean, we were avid hunters. We hunted everything, right? Squirrels, and we ate everything that we hunted, Okay. It was mostly about the food and not the sport so much, right? And they always warned me. I mean, when I was like five, they were saying, if you ever happen on a staircase, don't climb it. You know, I'm like, what? Why would there be a staircase in the woods? Like, if you ever happen onto it, don't climb it, right? Do not get on it. And then, then there was stories like the, the, some of the family where they went on the staircase and they didn't ever come back. They disappeared. 
And then there was the story of one or two that went and somehow found their way back out and came out on the stairway and were and you know, they'll and they were the ones saying, Don't ever get on the staircase if you ever see a staircase. I have not seen one, <laughs> but only I was it was pounded into my head all the way, you know, as a kid. If I ever see one, I'm on the lookout for them all the time. I really am. That's one of the things, man. That's so weird that you, that came up. That that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> what do you think that phenomena is? I have no idea, man. But it, according to my relatives, the ones that made it back, uh, it, it takes you in a different dimension. The dimension where the aliens and everything are and the demons and stuff like that, it's in there. And that kind of is why I have that propensity to say that the aliens and everything are demons because that's what they saw over there. They described what they saw, and, and it was that. But only they could come back and forth, right? They could go back and forth at will, and we can't. And I always wondered, could we have at one time, right? Is there something we lost that... They don't want us to know. You know, I don't know. It's just interesting. <laughs> Man. No, it, it's totally interesting. And and it's something that that I think we all kind of look at it. We're like, you know, this is one of these mysteries. We always hear about these stairways to the forest. And, and you don't hear about these stories too often. But, I mean, I couldn't imagine walking you know down some of the trails that i walk during you know looking out for sasquatch or whatever and coming across a a a rock or a metal staircase going up and just ending all i know is i'm not going up it i do know that i'm not brave enough to go up that i'll go face to face with a sasquatch but i am not going up that stairway well going face to face with a sasquatch is kind of like getting ready to go meet your maker, you know, but, but only like, you don't know where you go on the staircase. You know, you might not meet your maker. You might go to a whole different time. You know what I mean? Like you might fall out and be dodging chariots or something (laughs) or, or, you know, accidentally miss that flying car and go falling 30,000 feet or something. You know, you know what I mean? You like, you don't know where you're going. Like, it's weird. Scary. I don't think that don't sa- think a lot that. of Sasquatch really want to rip your face off and kill you. I think if they had young ones around, maybe, and maybe there's some rogue ones, it's much like killer whales are not going to harm you as a human, but there's always that rogue pod out there that doesn't give a care because they're, they're uh, you know, kicked out of the main group. You know, I could see that happening with Sasquatch, but do you really fear Sasquatch that much? I've heard so many stories uh, on the tribal side of it that, yeah, 
Like, like there, I just talked to two girls. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, They're in their 40s right now. And they they were at home, okay, and in... They knew that this one mountain was called Sasquatch Mountain or something like that, you know, Bigfoot, whatever the tribal name was for it right there. Not far from here, maybe 20 or 30 minutes drive. And they, one of them, they both got abducted by this Bigfoot and he raped one of them a lot. And then he let him go. And now this is like they were 11 years old when it happened. And they spent their whole life, both of them, planning on and, and tracking and try, they want to kill it. They haven't been able to. And they pretty much gave up now that they're in their 40s. But for 30 years, all they did was try to kill this Bigfoot. And they, and they tried and they tried and they tried. But he outclassed them by a lot. Because he could, he knew their intentions. According to them, he could read their mind before they even got over there and knew they were there, and would taunt them with mind speak, and told them he could eat them anytime he wanted, you know, and they could do nothing about it, and you know, like that was amazing. And and uh, I, I've talked to him a couple times already and this isn't podcast stuff this is just talking about him I, I met him through a friend of mine and so like I, the Indians like the 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 tribe I worked for 500 years ago they had a war with the Bigfoot and it was because they were stealing the babies and the women and they were eating the babies or they would, if they didn't eat them, they would raise them up to be the spouse, the, the woman. It was always female. They would always eat the males. So if they took a male baby, that was food. So one day they took the wrong baby. It was the tribal 
chief's baby, first number one son, right? Firstborn. And they tracked him down and he was sitting up in a tree eating the kid. So they started shooting it with arrows and it got away. And then it came back that night with like 50 other Bigfoots and they, they killed everybody in the village and only two people, two or three people got away. And they ran to the other villages and they got all the warriors together and then they tracked these Bigfoot to a cave so they knew they were in a cave system. And then that started the war, right? They couldn't get them to come out of the cave in the day, but at night they were terrorized by them at night and they always had them on the move, you know, keeping them moving and stuff. And then one day they figured out a way to smoke them out. They, they got into this one cave. They knew there wasn't a whole system of caves. So they smoked them out. And as they came out, man, they were, there was like 200 warriors out there and they were just killing them dead. And only three or four Bigfoot got away from that slaughter that they did on these Bigfoot and three or four days later the king of the Bigfoots or the tribal chief of the Bigfoot came and they smoked the peace pipe and sat down and and they they divided the woods okay this is our area if you don't go in there we won't mess with you and you stay over here and we'll stay over there and we'll be good and we'll we'll live together and that's how it's been for like 500 years wow that's a heavy story man yeah this one's written down too somewhere on the internet and uh if in fact uh kathy strain if you ever get a chance to uh interview her she knows more about it than even i do they they uh Monsters and Mysteries in America approached me and said, do I want to tell the Bigfoot war story on, uh, you know, and they came and they interviewed us and the inter we got, they taught, we talked about uh, when we got the DNA and, and the spot that just burned, but they, they, they talked to us about all that of how the DNA and, some other encounters, my own personal first encounter. And then they mishmashed them all together into one story, but they had Kathy strain on there. And I had no, I know Kathy and had known her for a long time because of the Thule resin, the painted rock that has the eight foot tall Bigfoots painted on a rock with all the whole family of Bigfoots, right? Like a thousand years old. Right. Well, she, when I was when they told us, hey, you know, it's going to be on this certain day, you can watch it. We were watching it, and there's Kathy Strain telling the Bigfoot War. All right. On that note, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We have Alan Thomas for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio, going to hour number three. Then Fedora John is back with the UFO report, and we got Shirky Poo's news. A jam pack. Hour three next on Spaced Out Radio. Well, that story was scaring the crap out of me. Which one? The the war? No, the yeah, well, the war and the god darn stairwell. 
You had to bring that up, didn't you? Somebody did. That one always scared me, too. You know, every time I'm in the woods, I'm looking for Bigfoot and that freaking stairway. Yep. One of my uncles actually, drew, you know, sketched it out. He saw it in the... It, it was a wooden stairway when he sketched, and it went up, and there was a platform, and then it went up, and it dead-ended. And it was just sitting in the forest. No, not me. And no, not me. It was like, he goes, if you ever see this, do not climb it. You know, I'm like, and when you're a kid, that what are you going to do, right? You're going to climb it. Oh, I would have. Yeah. Nope. I, I always nope. looking for it, though. Not me, man. Not me, man. <laughs> I won't either today. I mean, holy crap. I didn't know a lot of people knew about that, tell you the truth. I've only heard about it a couple times, uh, you know, outside of my family. Scary shit. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I gotta try and get this echo finished. It's driving me nuts in my headphones. Driving uh, me does, nuts. Does your camera have a mic on it? No, no. It's. it's I'm getting, uh, I'm getting feedback it. through your the channel that you're on through my mixing board. Huh. So and when I when I mute it, it goes away. No, it's uh, I got to pot down the channel in order when I'm talking. So when I'm talking, I'm potting down the channel, and then I'm putting it back up when you're when you speak. Huh, that's weird. Yeah, I I've seen that problem before, and it is. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, it's the spooky thing in the wiring you know and you're like what the hell is doing that a lot of times is when I use the when I have a guest and I'm using um, OBS and I'm using another thing you know the uh, to take calls yeah and it does that feedback and it, it's called uh, ah, I can't remember what it is neg- like uh, looping yeah and you ha- there's a way to set it where you don't get it, where it won't happen. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to go through our system, figure it See, out. See, like on, on this thing, you don't have that, right? Because of the way the link is going through the internet, you shouldn't have the issue at all, really. <clears throat> yeah, it is distorting your voice, though, too. Yeah. We got about uh, one, two, three minutes. My my cousin is uh, Quanta Parker. I seen her. She said, "Magic Maiden says Sioux Tribe. The story is not real." I worked for that tribe for seven years, and uh, I heard it from all the medicine men. They tell me it's true. In fact, they told me that my spot, that where we got the DNA and everything from the Bigfoot and all the encounters and everything, 
when he found out where we were going, he freaked out and told me we can't, I can't go there anymore because that is their area and they will not go there because that was the, that was where they divided the land and they go there and these guys stay over here. And I was like, what? And that's how I even found out about the, you know, the war it was like that. I, I tell you, man, I, this is fun. I, I haven't told some of these or thought about some of this stuff in a long time. My neck is killing me. I'm in rough shape today. Rough shape. Holding the fader. See, I just realized I could read the chat. You know that? The whole time last time I didn't know at all. And then when you said chat, I was like, chat, chat. Oh, there's two of them. And then I realized I can look at it. I can't comment, but I can look at it. Square Hammer wants to know what you think of uh, eating breakfast for dinner. Do it all the time. You're a sick man. <laughs> I even have dinner for breakfast and breakfast for dinner. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's food. All right. Just hold on two seconds. Big thank you to Happy, TMI, Dirt Road, Noble Patrick, Spooky, Cat Chaser, Simon, and Cold Warrior for the amazing super chats tonight. Really do appreciate your love of SOR and everything you guys do to support us. It uh, it was great, and uh, we really do appreciate the love, and we're going to come back here in 25 seconds. Thank you to all the veterans who are listening to this show, and remember, you always have a safe home. Uh, here in Spaced Out Radio and in our chat room. And thank you to all the regulars who are in here and the newcomers. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. We are here seven days a week for your entertainment needs. Here we go. Get your horns up. Here comes Bumblefoot. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Just go to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Imbrute. Imbrute is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and on Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on tonight for the final time. We introduce Alan Thomas quickly becoming one of our fan favorites around here with these great stories. We're going to talk some Bigfoot Sasquatch here 
as we continue on with the big show here on Spaced Out Radio. Alan, welcome back. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. Really appreciate having you here as well. Now, for you, I mean, how have the forest fires affected your uh, investigations down there in California? Well, we have we have some areas that we go been going to for decades or I have for decades. And then, then after I met my team that, that we found afterwards, like the, the place that was divided from the Bigfoot war that we didn't know. I didn't know that until recent and maybe like five years ago, but it's burned every single place, all the places I grew up as a kid. um, And right now, uh, Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon National Park are burning. And that's our spot. That's actually uh, the place we got the DNA and stuff like that. And the Bigfoot seem to be reacting because outside of the fire, there's a lot more activity. Only the Bigfoot are being more aggressive than they have. And now we're finding them down in the cities, running along the creeks and rivers and stuff like that. And, and uh, they're more aggressive. Uh, they get in orchards and shake trees and scare everybody, the workers and everything. It's... Uh, not good you know like i'm old so all these forests that you know coming up on over a million acres burned in the last two years i'll never see it like how i remember it you know ever again i have pictures i guess but i'm real sad about it do you think that the sasquatch have the ability to know that the fires are happening and and you know well ahead of time so that way they can try and uh, formulate an escape route much like many wild animals do well from all my research uh they're in the granite areas where there's a lot of granite that's where they live in the high up granite areas and we have a lot of caverns around here and I think they live underground. I, I don't think they were affected by the fire like as life-threatening like all the other animals. And and then once the forest is burned, you know, it's just a bunch of black trees. The ones that I've ever seen were black, like a black lab. So uh, it makes it easier for them to hide even. They could hide in plain sight just by stopping and not moving. You know, just be totally still. You'll never see him. And there's still, like this year, we were out and about. The deer hunters are out right now. And they, there's deer in the burned areas. You know, a lot. I mean, one of my buddies counted like 30 deer in a 10 mile radius area. And so that means the Bigfoot are in there too. They love deer. So. I mean, that's how I seen Bigfoot deer hunting. I was in the migration where they go from the summer to the winter area. And 
they were there the same reason I was there, I found, over the years. Tony has a question for you. Alan, do you have any info about Sasquatch seen disappearing? And what's your thoughts about that? I haven't seen it. Only I have seen him do, like I call them forest ninjas, because they can disappear. I mean, they could drop to their belly and be gone, or they can run behind a tree or a rock and you'll never see them again. Um, sometimes, like when I'm tracking them, I only find one track. Or the track will end where there's no place for him to hide. And there's no tracks. You know what I mean? It just ends right in the middle of, in a wide open area. And you're in, but I have talked to like on my team that we have, uh, one guy watched one run. It was running about 500 yards and it was phasing in and out as it ran. And, and then it got down the way and it just scaled up a rock straight up. And was gone. Something would take us <laughs> all day to do. It did it in a few, you know, a couple minutes. Wow, that's impressive. That is very impressive. I have some other questions from our audience here, if you don't mind. Carrie Ann is asking, Alan, do the elders talk about history of Dogman with their tribes? Well, at first they haven't. But but I have to tell you that um, they wouldn't tell me anything for a long time because they thought I was just white. And when they do a really deep background search, and I never told them I had any Indian in me. And one day we were having a meeting and it come to find out I had more quantum blood amount than anyone sitting around the table. And they, they were like, oh, my God, the guy is white and blonde. And how did you do that? You know, like, you're not Indian. They always called me white boy. From that time on, they wouldn't call me white boy. They called me white buffalo. But then they started opening up, you know. Like, I was always asking them about what does their tribe think about Sasquatch? You know, what does your tribe think about Sasquatch? And they would never tell me anything the only thing that I've ever talked to them about a lot is the little people and Sasquatch, but never heard about the dog man. Continuing on downshift is wondering, Alan, if you could paranormal investigate one final place in the world, where would you choose? What would you be looking for? Um, I would probably be up in your area in Canada or a little higher north to you know, where the Inuits are. I, I was, man, I forgot. I was going to, I talked to the, the, uh, lady that got the trackway from that 25 foot Bigfoot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 25 foot Bigfoot and you know and there was a track you know as big as a 43 inch TV and uh, she has pictures of it and she gave them to me and I forgot to put them on my computer I was going to share them because you're like no way 25 feet yeah yeah 25 feet and they also when they get in the woods the Bigfoot's over there and you, you can look this up online the trees are huge and they're turned upside down and stuck back in the ground. We're talking about big trees and it's a known area over there, you know, so it has to be way bigger than eight feet to be able to pull that size of a tree and then turn it around and stick it back in the ground. But, but I would be up there looking for that. That's where I'd be. I think if I could investigate anywhere right now in North America, I would love to go up to the Dahani Valley with the with the headless or headless valley there where they believe Sasquatch or some sort of monster was ripped off the heads of some explorers back in the nineteen thirties. I'd like to oh, try man. that out, man. Let's go. You know that sounds fun. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> As much as death freaks me out, I think that would be a good death, man. That would be a good, painful, but it wouldn't last long. No, it would be all over like, yeah. You know? But, no. but I mean, it's be like laying on the ground looking at the Bigfoot and then all of a sudden, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just going to happen. So you, if it's going to happen, you may, I mean, you might as well... Not many people have bragging rights to say they've been killed by a Sasquatch. You know what I'm saying? At least we don't know very many that we know of, right? They don't come back and tell their story. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just figure that would be a good way to go. Not to sound morbid or anything like that, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Doug is asking, what do you think about the connection between Sasquatch and UFOs? I know there is a connection only because and i just because of the tr the hunting trip in oregon when i lived in oregon and lost the tent and there was for three days there was ufo reports and then the bigfoot was seen and then also my buddy adolf where where he and his friends were abducted they were having bigfoot around you know the night they got abducted they were having tree knocks and hollering and whistling and stuff 
So he thought there was a connection and, and, you know, then they saw the UFO come flying around and he flashed his flashlight at it like an idiot, you know, and I told him, you're an idiot, dude. Everybody knows you don't flash your flashlight at a, at an alien. Cause you're going to wind up getting abducted. At least all the stories I ever, when I talk to people, the ones that got abducted, a lot of them, they flashed it with the light, you know? So, but they were having Bigfoot encounters or, you know, experience right there and a lot of other people i know that go in the hills like the the natives they talk about it too where there's like the uh especially the Thule tribe the one with the painted rock they have like emerald colored orbs big, big like ufo balls or whatever you call it some of them are orange but most of the time they're like a blue green and they see them all the time and and then they have the Bigfoot. They'll start hearing the the Bigfoot meowing like a kitty, like a kitten. And she sent me a recording of it too. I, I should put that on my com- computer, and one day I'll play that back. You can hear the steps coming, and then you hear it going mew mew mew. And they went out looking all over. They couldn't find the cat, but they knew it was the Bigfoot doing it. And uh, so I, I think there's a connection. I just haven't made the connection yet you know exactly i think there is one too i mean there's a lot of stories that we've been told over the years of people seeing sasquatch on craft seeing uh or hearing sasquatch running through the forest and then when the lights come around that all of a sudden these sasquatch are are going silent or running away as fast as they can I think there there is something about this. Now, I don't believe that Sasquatch is of alien descent, or just as much as I don't believe that it is a primate of some sort. I think there is something special with this creature. But that being said, I think there is a natural fear that Sasquatch has of extraterrestrials as well. I think so, too. I agree 100% what you just said. I mean, you know, I, I wish I knew more than that, but I, I agree with you. That sounds like what I think. All right. Let's, let's go to Tony's question here. What size or weight do you think the creature was of the cast you were holding? Okay. One of my friends, Mike Rugg, in uh, San Jose or Felton, California, has a museum. This is Patty, Patterson Gimlin, and he gave it to me. This is the Patty cast, so I don't know. All I know is uh, he gave this to me. I have some other ones that we've casted, but this is the prettiest one I ever had. You know, I mean, it's like pristine, you know. I have some other ones, though. that uh, We keep them in another place. Our team collects them, so we... We keep them, you know, where the team has it. You can go borrow it or whatever. You know what I mean? We don't, I, I never keep them. I, in fact, I'm not into casting things anymore. I was way back in the day, but that doesn't interest me anymore. Nobody cares. I got pictures of Bigfoot. I got audio of it screaming and roaring like King Kong. Um, so far, nobody cares, right? It's fake. So, like, the only thing that's going to 
make anybody believe anything is if I bring one. And But then if you talk like that, you're the meanest SOB in the world. What? You're going to kill one? You know, I mean, like, so you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. You know, that that's how I feel right now about it. And I'll probably never kill one anyways unless it tries to kill me. And actually, I feel outgunned. Like, even if I have the 300 Weatherby Magnum that take down an elephant, uh, I don't think I could take down the Bigfoot. And if I did... I don't think I would live to talk about it because the other ones are going to get me while I'm messing around, you know, trying to cut the hand off or the head off or whatever to, to bring back. They're going to take me out. So it would have to be totally self-defense for me to attack one or, or really not. I wouldn't attack it, but I would be self-defense. Yeah. I, 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 I uh... I really don't know if you can actually drop one, man. I really don't. I'm still, maybe I'm a little too woo on that, but I'm not sure that it, there's a gun out there that could take it down. I just don't get it. I don't get it, man. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, but I'm just not sure. I'm I'm the same way. I, I feel, I mean, we carry 44 Magnums and stuff like that, and it makes you feel a little bit like, you know, you, you might be able to defend yourself. But all the all this encounters I've had, uh, they do some amazing things so fast and so graceful without any woo, right? This is just their abilities that I've seen. You don't have a chance. You absolutely don't. And I've hunted a lot of stuff, and uh, you kill, you shoot something. If you don't hit it exactly perfect, it'll run off, and then you got to track it. Well, these things, if you don't hit it exactly perfect, it's not going to run off. It's going to come get you, and uh, it's going to pop your head off. Probably like, you know, that'd be it. Oh, for sure, that would be it. I mean, I'm not questioning the strength or anything of this. I mean, these are creatures who are turning, ripping trees out of the ground, and then are uh, are being able to turn them around. I mean, these are creatures that are seen picking up, you know, four or five hundred pound deer, deer. or uh, or you know, three hundred pound hogs, and uh, and uh, you know, swatting them against the trees in order to kill them. You know, I mean, this is what we're seeing out there. This isn't something to mess with. Well, like I, where we live at, I, some of the, some of my friends are loggers and they tell me like, they'll never tell you, you know what I mean? Like if, if you run up on them and you start asking them questions and stuff, they'll never tell you anything about Bigfoot because they're afraid they're going to be laughed at and stuff. And these are older guys, and they they tell me stories of them chucking fifty five gallon drums of fuel oil for their for their logging equipment, you know, a hundred yards. Like like I mean, like nothing. And all their all their drums are they'll drop them off, and all of them will go home for the night. And then when they come back in the morning, the D nine is flipped over on its side and all the drums are thrown way down, you know, off the hill. And I mean, they're amazing 
what they can do. You know, I, I wouldn't even mess around with like thinking anything else, you know. We had a situation yeah. up here uh, a couple of years ago where a logging crew about an hour away from me uh, was literally half the crew was scared out because they were finding 18, 20 inch tracks uh, all around their gear. And then as the logging uh, job continued, they started finding like, like four and a half, uh, 400, 450 pound rocks and boulders that were uh, literally thrown against their, their big tractors and, and trucks and everything, leaving these massive dents in the tracks. And, and I mean, these guys were like, what the hell is this? And, and you're right. And we talk about this a lot on this show, the logging companies, as we only got about two minutes left, they don't, they don't want, uh, there to talk about this. They'll lose millions. There's millions at stake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't want the bad publicity. They think it's bad publicity. Sure. You know, sure. My, my friend. We're open now though. We got 90 seconds and I, I apologize for a little bit of the audio issues that we were having tonight on the show. I didn't expect that like that. And we're going to try and get that cleared up. But I want to say thank you for quickly turning into a, uh, uh, a fan favorite here on spaced out radio, bud. We really do appreciate that. We appreciate you and everything that you do. Take a minute here to tell everybody where they can find you and your information. Well, you can find me on YouTube and it's the dirty word. Okay. Squatch zone. Um, and I, I actually uh, was talking with Bobo, and he, he helped me come up with that name. And uh, that's basically where I'm at, just Squatch Zone. And I have another one called The Radio Detective, where an old guy passed away, and I'm, I'm taking all his cassette tapes and putting them on the computer digital and putting his radio show back on. But that's the two places. And if you can find me on Facebook, I'm there. You know, and it's not down. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to say a big thank you from all of us here, Alan, on the big show tonight. We really do appreciate you, my friend. Your stories are incredible. Your knowledge is fantastic. And I cannot wait to do this again. So thank you so much for doing that. And we really appreciate it. Coming up next... We have the fedora-wearing John Hudson. We're going to talk a little bit of Facebook, maybe some UFOs, and we have Shirky Foo's Newswire as well. We'll be back with more Space Down Radio when we return for the final half hour of the show. Take care. Dude, I'm really sorry about the audio issues tonight. No problem, man. I've experienced it. No problem at all. I, I feel for you because <laughs> I hate it too. Driving a guy nuts. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And, and you know, the audience doesn't, you know, like they're all like, 
yeah, it's okay, man. We can get through this. It's not a big deal. But they, they have no clue how much it drives you nuts, man. You know, because every show has to be somewhat perfect. Yes. Every show. It, yeah, it's lighting. I mean, everything has to be in its place, you know. Oh, my God. And I'm actually, like, running a bare bones type of thing. Right? This isn't my usual thing, but I'm helping my daughter and grandkids. So they have my studio. That's their bedroom. Oh, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, I'm going to let you go here because I'm going to go get ready for uh, John Hudson in the news. But uh, thank you so much, buddy. We'll we'll stay in touch. We'll, stay- we'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll do this again in the new year, okay? Okay. You guys have a good one. Later, bud. Take Later, care. Bud. Take- All right. It's Big Bad Allen there. We like him around here. Give me one sec here, guys. I rebooted my sound system to see if that would improve anything. Hopefully it does. Maybe it doesn't. At this point, my hands are in the air. Oh, shoot. John, I thought I sent you the link. I thought I sent him the link. Well, somebody else has the link then. Oh well. I haven't called in. William F. Metz, what's going on, man? Yeah, on this board, you just can't uh, swap the channels. It's not that easy, but um, we're going to figure it out here. Fedora John, how are you? Your beard is is looking good. Your board situation made me think of, Dave, is I was working for this company once, and we had this really high-end... Go ahead. You're sounding good. Sorry, this weird delay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hold on a second here. <coughs> Let's see. Is that is that normalized at all? You're sounding great. Okay, good. All right, cool. Um, yeah. So basically, really complex config to like give them uptime. You know, basically this incredible failover system. Mm-hmm. And after studying it, I found that over two years, maintaining that system and the mistakes that they made because of the complexity of the system caused them three hours of downtime. 
and the system only saved them 30 minutes of downtime. Mm-hmm. And so it was so much complexity that it, it did them harm. And uh, let me tell you, the, the exec team was not pleased when I recommended them like removing this very expensive system they'd put in. Yeah, now we're sounding great. I don't know what it is. I really don't. Maybe it was just uh, my system needed a reboot. But it was getting bad there. It's so hard for me sometimes because like, I, I come from a world where like, I, I, I've had systems where they haven't been rebooted in 10 years. Like 10 years. Um, five years is not uncommon. Uh, and so this whole idea of like rebooting things to patch them and all this stuff is like really, it's weird. Well, hold on. We have like uh, 10 seconds. <coughs> Excuse me. third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us really do appreciate earning your listening ears want to remind you that if we you've missed portions of this show or others check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do me the favor hit that subscribe button our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you check out our swag rock out to bumblefoot and read up on captain shirk's sor newswire follow us on twitter at spaced out radio and on instagram spaced out radio show it's time once again for the unbiased ufo report Yes, at this time we are uh, we are joined. Oh, it's been one of those shows, man. We are joined by the fedora wearing John Hudson, who's in the background laughing at me tonight. John, thank you. I need a little bit of humor right now in order to try and make this night just just end, just end. You know, it's very rare we actually have a show like this, and I feel it bad. Is. I feel bad for Alan because. He is such an incredible guest, and, you know, I mean, he just... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Didn't get my best tonight. I feel Well, you know what? Honestly, it was Alan's own fault for having such a good first show. You know? Because it's hard to go anywhere from there, right? That's so, true. you know, it, it, you know, in that, you know he, just, he shouldn't have performed so well on that first show. Well, the problem was he gave us one hell of a second show. I blew it, though. I blew it. Well, I, I got to tell you, I understood what you said about being frustrated by the details and, and also just the, the real-time experience that you were going through hearing it. You know, it's a, it's a whole other level of, of, of complexity. But the truth of the matter is, as a listener, it, it actually it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you think it was. Well, that's nice. It, it impacted your voice far more than it impacted his. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Happened, what happened with Facebook, man? So did you all notice something today? <laughs> Man, some of the memes have been going around. have just been outstanding. Yeah, so um, as you may not have heard, um, Facebook uh, went down for a little while today. Um, so did, uh, of course, Instagram and Messenger. Um, this had cascading effects because, of course, once all those went down, what did everyone do? They ran to Twitter to complain about it. <laughs> so then Twitter started having problems because of all this increased load that they weren't expecting. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to bore you, Dave, or anyone else with details, but I thought it might be helpful just to give a, a quick um, a explanation of what happened. And we don't know why it happened, but we do know what happened. Uh, and that is that the Internet runs on a protocol called BGP. Okay, border gateway protocol. It's a beautiful protocol, and it's one of the only really one of good protocols that works like on every system, and it allows for incredible interoperability on the internet. The problem is, is that it's a little bit hand driven, in that essentially each network has to advertise what it knows. So Facebook advertises. This is how you get to my DNS servers. This are, these are the networks we run. This is how you get to the networks we run. Um, these are the other networks we know how to get to that you might want to get through to from us. And they have to advertise this. And there's these advertisements that go out. Well, today, at a um, uh, basically, uh, Facebook stopped um, telling anyone who they were. And um, so it initially looked like a DNS problem because their DNS wasn't responding. It wasn't that. It was that they stopped telling anyone they even had DNS. They stopped telling anyone anything. Like they just went quiet. And um, it looks like it was most likely just a configuration error. Just um, someone just messed up a configuration file. We don't know that for sure. Um, and honestly, we may never get the full story out of Facebook because a lot of times companies have, have trouble being really honest about what, what went wrong, which is sad because humans make mistakes. Life goes on. But um, essentially what happened was, was that Facebook stopped advertising how to get to them and how to talk to them. And so the whole world went poof and Facebook just vanished. And so it just gives you all a little bit of an idea of how in some ways fragile um, the internet actually is because it's it's very uh, it's very opt in um, from a networking point of view. You know what? Uh, you're probably ninety nine point nine percent right on this, but I'm going to tell you, man, the conspiracy theorist in me, if I put on my tinfoil hat, it says that I wonder if it had anything to do 
with that whistleblower going on 60 minutes the night before. Oh, well, now here's the thing. Um, how it happened within Facebook, how that, how that, how that advertising stopped happening could have been a disgruntled employee that was now very mad about that, about that press conference. It could have been all sorts of things. So we don't know how, why they stopped advertising. So there's still a whole nother story on the Facebook side as to what went wrong. But from the outside world point of view, um, Cloudflare and a bunch of other really you know, great shops did a lot of great analysis and I'll include it in my notes. And we know exactly what happened, what time, you know, what stopped being advertised you know, at a packet level. We know exactly what happened. But what happened on the inside, and sometimes this is conspiracy driven. There is something called BGP hijacking where a nefarious character can advertise someone else's routes. And there have been cases where like large portions of the internet have been sucked down in, in three hours by a, a, another country because they accidentally advertised the wrong routes. And in some cases, it's not accidental. So sometimes there is nefarious things going on. Now, apparently there's a report going around that on the dark web, because of this crash, 1.5 billion people, which might include you and me, as well, have had their information stolen because of this. Are you buying that, or is it just another ruse from the dark web? No, I mean, um, that doesn't actually really make any sense, because basically, like, I mean, you couldn't get to Facebook, so I'm not sure how you'd be grabbing any data from them. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, basically, if someone starts offering, if someone starts, like, offering, like, prices for, for that data then things get a little more real, right? Um, but the truth of the matter is, is it just like with your credit, right? The way you manage your credit is not to track every credit card. It's to check your credit report. And if you see something suspicious, you act on it. It's the same thing with your data. You cannot control what's going to happen to your data. In the US, if any place goes bankrupt, they will auction off all your data and they have to. The judge will make them. So there is absolutely no protection of your data. There's no reason to worry about it. Just worry about what people do with it. All right. Einstein's assistant apparently recorded an interview right before her death about the Roswell wreckage. This is interesting, so, my friend. This story is, it doesn't have a lot of information yet. Right now you can read about it on Mystery Wire. Um, it's, um, it's, but it's potentially, it's potentially huge. So the whole idea is, is that Einstein had an assistant. And this assistant was interviewed some time ago, and I believe in 93, and um, she then passed away, I believe in uh, 2012, I think it was. But the person that recorded that interview kept it. And essentially, um, uh, uh, someone got their hands on it uh, through trekking down this woman. And in this, you know, this testimony this woman gave, she claims that um, in 47, Einstein was invited to an emergency meeting uh, in uh, New Mexico, and she had to go with him because she was his assistant. And they landed at a base and they were ushered into a hangar. And there was a disc shaped craft there that looked damaged. And there were um, five beings. Um, there was one of them that was still alive that was gasping for, for air and, and trying to communicate, uh, but couldn't. And she described the being, she described the ship, and she said that uh, after Einstein was kind of showed around the, the hangar and shown everything, 
he he was asked to leave. She was told to keep her mouth shut. Einstein then had to go back and write a report. That report went somewhere. No one knows. Unfortunately, no one has been able to confirm this by outside sources because no one can track down his itinerary. No one can track down the flight records. No one can confirm what Einstein was doing that day because this has been looked into. But and I don't know if the interview tape is going to come out yet. We need to look into that because it's just breaking on Mystery Wire. But if if there's any legs to this, this is not only a big deal. This is a super fun story. Oh, yeah. And this is the kind of juice we love. This oh, is completely yeah. I mean, the kind of juice we love and need. Yeah, and the thing is, is that there's little there's little snippets in the story that that give it some weight. Like for example, the the assistant said that you know when they got into the hangar and they saw everything that that she was terrified. That she, I mean, she was just literally terrified. And when she looked over at Einstein, he wasn't. He was not at all. But he was intensely curious. And what he basically said was that uh, he became intensely uh, wondrous about what the propulsion system was and what he could learn about the nature's view of physics that he didn't understand. So he, when he immediately saw it, he went to, how can this help me, right? How can this help me solve the problems that I'm working on? And, and that's, that was, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty Einstein. So, um, so there's, you know, there's a couple other data points. I highly recommend everyone go to Mr. Wire and check it out. I'll, I'll provide links, but this is a fun story. And the fact that they have the actual audio of the interview, which I have not heard yet. I don't even know if it's available yet, but the fact that that audio recording exists means that things like voice analysis might be able to be done. Other analysis might be able to be done. This story has some legs to go on it and it's a really exciting, fun one. Oh, you know, man. it's just, it's a cool, cool story. Um, and it, it just, it, it, it'll, 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 it will cause this domino effect because, um, you know, there's, if you look at the guys back then, you know, uh, Einstein, Feynman, all the, you know, there's all these guys that were doing all this crazy stuff and, you know, every once in a while they would make little comments and they would just be kind of like, well, wait, did that mean anything? Or is that just, you know, is that just Feynman? Right. And, and do you start getting any concrete data that there had any involvement in any of these programs? Now you can, from that data point, start branching out and saying, okay, well, does that, does that add any inference to this? Does that mean that oh, this yeah. had any more weight? This is, this is a big story. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much work Einstein did for the United States military and government. I mean, when yeah. we look at Einstein, we always think of E equals MC squared. We're not looking into his role into, you know, being right on scene during nuclear weapons testing or rocket testing or or anything along those lines. We see him as as the great genius who was solving all of these mathematical and and, and physics type of theories and establishing them. You know, but I mean, this was a man who was highly involved in a lot of dark projects. And I don't see, yes, it's another deathbed confession. Yes, there's going to be the people who roll their eyes at this. But I just do not see Einstein's personal assistant lying about something like this before she died. She obviously wanted to get it off her chest. Absolutely. And let's face it, you know, I mean, there were there were so many other stories that she had to tell about Einstein that, that would have honestly made her a lot more money than this one. Right. Um, you know, there were so many personal stories that she had at her disposal, so much knowledge she had. This was this was you know, this was not something that was going to help her in any way. Right. 
Um, so I it's, I think, I think there's some good possibility on this one. All right, let's move on. Lou Elizondo talking again. Who was he on with and what were they talking about? Okay, so for those of you in uh, the kind of Gen X sort of, you know, age group, you remember MTV, right? You remember VJs, right? Do you remember Kennedy, right? She did that show Alternative Nation. She was this very hard-nosed, um, very libertarian, very uh, in-your-face brilliant woman that, like, I, I, for, I don't know, for me as a kid, like, had a big impact on my perception of how news should be investigated and taught and so forth. And it turns out she's still alive, and she works at Fox Business News. And, um, and so she interviewed uh, Elizondo, and in the very Kennedy way, um, she was hard on him. Um, it's a short interview. I'll post it. But basically, you know, he talks and talks and talks and she's like, yeah, but can you stop tap dancing and like, tell me something like, and he's like, uh, well, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, that's not very interesting. You know, and he's just like, he had to keep like, and so finally at the very end, he, um, he basically, you know, uh, coughed up and said, well, you know, um, you know, one thing that's not been reported is that there was, um, there, you know, there was one month with, um, with 37 incidents in one month. And in, in that month, there was uh, up to seven incidents in one day. And even that she was like, eh, you know, <laughs> she was like, whatever. And, uh, and so then he's like, well, you know, um, there, there is also some evidence that there was some, um, some medical uh, impact to, to some of these people and that, that, that needs to be investigated. And she's like, there you go. That was great. Why didn't you start with that? Now we have to end the interview. And it just cuts. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, it is just, <laughs> it is just, it is, it's only like, I, I forget how long it is. It's like two minutes or something. It is a fantastic interview. Um, she basically says to Lou what so many of us have wanted to say to Lou. Um, and, and she still wasn't rude or anything about it. She was, she was just, you know, she was just dedicated and it, it was cool. It was, uh, many props to, to Kennedy. She, but she was, she was, uh, she was in her, in her, it was awesome. You know what what I've been noticing lately is there has been a lot of grief in the UFO community about, you know, shipping away from Kennedy and moving over to Tucker Carlson for a second. But there has been a lot of heat on Tucker Carlson and his coverage of UFOs lately on UFO Twitter and and people really oh. con- condemning you know him keeping going after the story. It's created quite a debate recently. Have you been following this? A little bit. I often get turned off uh, pretty quickly because people start um, uh, letting their own opinions about Tucker come into it. And and you 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 have to suspend that to a degree. I mean, because I'm one of those people like I am not a Tucker fan. Like I have heard things come out of that man's mouth that just freaked me like, oh, really disturbing. You want to give him a good shaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just really, yeah, just caveman stuff coming out of this guy, right? And um, but the fact is, is that none of that comes into this reporting, and uh, and he's the only bloody person doing it, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I maybe in the beginning, right? But there's nobody consistently bringing this up and consistently letting Lou talk and consistently. And, and this was actually an interesting interview because they really went over the, the five pages in the, uh, in the, um, uh, in the military spending bill um, and what each section means and why it's a big deal. And so that, that's why that Tucker Carlson interview is really good. But, um, but I, you know, I, uh, you know, what I, what I can't get out of any of that debate on Twitter is, is whether anyone's really, 
specifically critiquing the way he's he's interviewing Lou like Elizondo is he, is he like you know are they saying he's softballing it like I don't get any of that all I get is people fighting over whether Tucker should be given any time at all because of who he is stick around let's talk about that in the after show if you don't mind we're going to get to the news right now Tricky Boo's got us all set up for the SOR Newswire tonight. So we're going to get right into it right off the bat. All right. Blue Origin confirmed that legendary Star Trek actor William Shatner will be a part of the company's next space tourism flight later this month, becoming the oldest person to visit space. At the age of 90, Shatner, good Canadian kid, will surpass Mary Wallace Funk as the oldest person to head into space. The 82-year-old Funk headed into space on Blue Origin's first human flight on July 20th. Blue Origin's Vice President of Mission and Flight Operations, Audrey Powers, will also join the crew, which includes the previously announced Dr. Chris Boesheisen, co-founder of Planet Labs, and Metadata co-founder Glenn DeVries into space. Great. we got another bunch of millionaires and billionaires heading up there to tell us how great their lives are. Isn't that nice? All right, moving on. A six-year-old, good for this kid, by the way, was walking with his family in a Michigan nature preserve and made a rare discovery. What did he find? A 12,000-year-old mastodon tooth. Julian Gagnon, good for this kid, was walking with the family in the Dinosaur Hill Nature Preserve back on September 6th when he found an object that he initially identified to his parents as a dragon tooth. I just felt something on my foot. I grabbed it up and it kind of looked like a tooth, the youngster said. Gagnon's parents allowed him to bring his discovery home where the family took a closer look and realized that it might indeed be a real fossil. Yeah, they checked it out at the University of Michigan Museum of Paleontologists, which identified the discovery as the upper right molar of a juvenile mastodon that lived about 12,000 years ago. Good for that kid. I love it when kids find stuff like that. A North Dakota man said he removed about 42 gallons worth of walnuts from his pickup truck after a squirrel apparently chose the vehicle as its winter storage area. Bill Fisher said he had repeatedly spotted the red squirrel climbing on his Chevy Avalanche while it was parked outside his home, but then he discovered the small animal was filling it up with walnuts from the tree in his yard. A lot of places in the radiator fan all the way through here. The coroner has been filled with walnuts. It was planning on camping there for the winter, the youngster said. But nonetheless, the walnuts are out and time for a different uh, area. Well, here's a sad one. Wine's supposed to make you happy, right? We all know that drinking too much of it, though, can lead to a whole slew of health issues. Four Italian men, all part of the same family, died last week near the town of Paola in southern Italy. They were taking part in the family's annual tradition of making wine to drink with their meals over the next year. Other family members discovered Santino and Massimo Carnavale and brothers Giancomo and Valerio collapsed on the floor of the small cellar when they were fermenting grapes. By the time first responders arrived, they had suffocated to death due to carbon dioxide fumes 
emanating from the fermentation vat. That is absolutely horrible. Horrible way to go. But, hey, they went out the way they love, making wine. want to say a big thank you to Captain Shirky Poo for the newsy news that we got tonight. You can find her on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Thank you to the fedora-wearing John Hudson for the unbiased UFO report. And to Alan Thomas for coming on in, talking about some really cool, freaky stories from UFOs, near-death experiences, and everything in between. Big shout-out to the Rattler and Superland for allowing us to be a part of their nights as well. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight, YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, Revolution Radio, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends... We're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.